You're listening to a podcast from www.aussiewriters.com.au where we celebrate talented Australian writers and their books. Okay, welcome everybody. I am thrilled that I've caught up with this amazing woman who is on... Uh, shall we say, a whirlwind tour of Australia by the look of it from her Facebook and uh, social media posts. This woman never stays still. (laughs) So I've grabbed her, everybody, and I would like to welcome very, very warmly Natasha Denman. Thank you so much, Suzanne. I'm happy to be with you guys. Most people will be following you on Facebook, so they probably, um, you know, your reputation precedes you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of our... um, audience are emerging writers who are wanting to be published you are known as the 48 hour author yes the ultimate the (laughs) ultimate 48 hour author let's start off with how did you come up with that oh wow so six years ago when I started out in business I found that my biggest problem was no one knew me from a bar of soap and my biggest issue was obscurity. So I thought... That's everybody's biggest yes, issue yeah. when they start. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and even though I had an offering and an expertise and all of the, these wonderful skills that I could help people solve a problem, I, I, I guess I wasn't coming through through all the noise that was around um, at the time. Back then, I had just qualified as a life coach. And as we know, coaching is an emerging industry as it is, so there is quite in a Australia, lot. In it's Australia, yes. it's quite established overseas, isn't it? It is, yes. And so whenever I'd go networking, there'd be six or seven other coaches with with whom I never felt in competition with because I knew I was different and unique and in what I knew. But still, I didn't have that piece of differentiation. And when I met with a printer after one networking event and we had just a coffee chat, he said, Nat, you know so much about human behavior, mindset, change work. Why don't you write a book? And I didn't think about it even for a second. I just thought he said it will be your business card on steroids. And I thought, well, I think he's right. So I may as well write a book. And I started off. It wasn't one of those yearning uh, journeys of wanting to do it for many, many years, which some people do have. For me, it was like a logical decision that this should be done and therefore... It was going to be your marketing tool. Yes. And a lot of business people do write books for that particular purpose. And, you know, why not if you've got the expertise to put in? And I guess that's the type of clients that I attract because they see my marketing and sales expertise as the value add to what we do in terms of help them finish their books in such a quick time frame. And over the years, as I evolved with the success I got from my first book, which was actually about weight loss, it was the seven ultimate secrets to weight loss, I grew my coaching practice and then I ran out of time, which meant I had to get smarter and I ended up licensing um, with an ultimate weight loss brand and selling like 33 licenses in Australia, which is a small version of franchising and starting to leverage my time for money into more passive income. And, and where did you stuff. come up with that idea of licensing? Um, is that something that someone, uh, you know, someone else was doing and you thought was no, a good idea? I think I just get, this is what happened. A lot of the time people say to me, Nat, how did you do that? I want to do it. 
how do you weight loss coach clients what do you go through with them session one session two like what do you go and I thought there is a system behind what I do with each and every single person and my mentor at the time said document everything that you do because one day someone might want to replicate it and from that thinking process of other people saying to me I want to do what you do and I go well how would I give them the rights and train them up to do what I do mm-hmm. and then started doing a bit of research and figured out that a lighter form of franchising is to license therefore you know sort of to dip your toe in the water and figure out if it's the right thing to go as big as for you the financial mm-hmm. investment it takes to franchise and um, and for about 12 months it was wonderful until I started to realize that this investment in programs or intellectual property for other people could be a very fleeting kind of feeling like um, that invest being very excited you know and start doing work but then obviously things get tough and you need to keep getting up and going out there and you're looking for opportunities to use this particular program and I had the standard three percent success rate because um, people would just leave my program up on the shelf and not take action so because I got disheartened around that, I stopped marketing and selling it, even though that intellectual property is still to this day available, not just under the weight loss brand, but I had another brand that I licensed called Ultimate Business Edge, create products for profit. So it was for business product development. And um, as I moved on in my journey, and I was mentoring a lot of people around business, product development, and all that sort of stuff, it came to me one day as a result of me writing one of my books over a weekend that I could teach someone to replicate if I've done it for myself I could work Mm. backwards reverse engineer the steps Mm. then teach it on someone else so which book did you write over a weekend the first one it's called Ninja Couch Marketing and I actually co-authored this with Donna Brown Uh, we wrote half each it only took us three hours actually my the execution of the work to get the content out only takes seven hours for a 40,000 word book for so it's really not the 48 hour author week and even that's the hanging out that we do and the learning and the marketing but the execution of the content is only seven hours and the ninja book only took three because we were writing only half each the rest of the time we had this nice girls weekend away Mm. and so um from there I thought I could do this in a weekend so that I can add marketing education not just execution of content because it's important to know what to do with a book once once it comes out and how to leverage it and I go but how am I going to bypass this three percent success rate people throwing so much money away and not taking action I decided that I would approach those publishers I had used for a couple of my books and said what's the deal you can give me on a bulk publishing um, uh, discount if I brought you 10 books every quarter you know you must be able to do something better for me than then your full retail price, and they did come this up the with printer. A, the publisher. The so I use a self-publishing um, powerful company, if you like, in Melbourne. Yes, um, which that one? Busy Bird Publishing. Right. Yeah, they're awesome. They're a husband and wife team. Obviously, now they have got a team of editors. I think about ten or fifteen editors because we bring them a lot of work. Um, plus, on their own marketing that they do, they 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 get quite busy. So they've grown as we've grown as well through this journey. And we've been with them since day one and absolutely love our relationship and collaboration that we have because there has not been any issues, complaints, all of that, which you don't want to hear um, if in your business when you're collaborating. So I thought I'm going to trick people into becoming at a minimum a published author by including the self-publishing package, like a package of you get this many books, editing, proofing, layout, all of those bits and pieces, ebook. And the second thing is I would encourage and make my authors pre-sell their books 
way before they're out because when someone pre-sells their book and they get paid for their, you know, a book at pre-release, there's no way they're not going to finish and follow through. So sitting here today, we've done 11 retreats, 120 people, and every single person has followed through and gotten at least a published author status, which mm. is I'm very proud of. We do have people who are laggers, if you like, you know, that lag behind, but I would have to say 70% go along the timeline, 30% will lag, but we'll push them. It will keep, you know, keeping them accountable and us calling them, busy bird calling them to make sure they're getting the manuscript in. Wow. So six years later, that's, here I am. <laughs> well, I want to take you back. You mentioned... Um your mentor yes so um you believe in mentoring which mm. I, I think is a great thing mm. tell me about how you found your mentor and what kind of mentor you've had and yeah. do you still have a mentor okay i've had three mentors on my journey the ones that i would call one-on-one uh, yes. because i believe i've had other mentors where i've um, invested in big programs and it's been a one uh, one-to-many setting i have never actually consciously gone out to look for one um, and research person A, B, and C, and then figure out who I'm going to hire. It's kind of the saying, when the student is ready, the, the teacher appears. Yes. And that's exactly how it's been with me. I love, um, uh, I've enjoyed working with all three of them. My first one was the longest two and a half years I was with him. Right. Second one for about six months, third one for about six months. Um, I've had moments and periods where I haven't had a mentor, but then I've done other programs. So I'm a big believer if you invest, you got to implement and don't invest into another program and another one just looking for that magic bullet. So I've never invested any money into either one-on-one mentoring or a big program where I haven't gotten at least 10 to 20 times return on investment because I took the actions. So that's been my little uh, there is secret. There is a danger of people... Um, oh. Of people taking every course under the sun and every program and just never following through. Because they're in love with studying. Yes. Yeah. So tell me about your background way back. Let's go before these six or seven years. Yes. What did you do? Did you have a variety of jobs? Yeah, I share this in my story often. And um, uh, I've only ever had three jobs in my life. Um, I worked in a comic book store after high school for five years. Not full time. It was all part time while I was doing uni and all that. But But that was at uni. Um, I did psychology and psychophysiology. So it was a Bachelor of Applied Science. Yeah. Psychology. Yeah. Yeah. So finished that undergrad degree. And once I finished that, I started in the optical industry. So 12 years with OPSM and Specsavers. Wow. So I've only had those three jobs ever. And that was it. And otherwise, if we go way back, I was born in Macedonia and I actually didn't speak any English until I was 14. So You've got a slight accent. I was going to ask still you left where you over. came from. Still left over, <laughs> But yes. it's nice because it's a, it's a signature. Yes, you know? yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's part, yeah. part of your... Yeah, um, I love it. Yeah, mm. your identity. This business has, has gone from strength to strength because of your understanding of psychology and marketing, I would imagine, has got a lot to do with it. I love yeah. it. I think I was always destined to do business marketing, sales kind of stuff, you know, exposing mm. your brand... Um, getting visible into Mm. the marketplace uh, because it's just aligned what I do for myself I'm able to naturally you know teach and educate Mm. and I'm very much in my personality type is I'm you know that educator and a a teacher type of personality so always want to impart I learn I implement once it works I can then teach it and and so on and I've so many programs I've developed and even with the latest book Bums on Seats 
that one was a result of everyone saying, well, Nat, you run all these retreats and all these events and you go all over Australia. How do you fill your rooms? What do you do? And so all of a sudden there was this need. I keep listening to the market. They say, well, how do you do that? You've just, you're doing all of this. How do you get all these speaking gigs with CU speaking at? So therefore there's another book. There's another like little delivery workshop you know i think that's a very very uh, important point that you're making there is is find out what people want and then write the book rather yeah. than write the book and then see if well, there's an audience <laughs> i have a key question that i always share with in my workshops when people are struggling to niche or find where where the money is if you like and that question is what do other people see in you that they want for themselves and then if you can answer that, what did they see in me back then? The first, even back at the start when it was weight loss, they did see weight loss because I niched in lose the last 10 kilos. And I actually had photos from five years before. This is I wasn't aware of this, that I had lost 10 kilos. And people could sense that on me and therefore were coming to me. And every time I said, well, you want to work on your health, how much weight do you want to lose? And everyone would say 10 kilos. So that's why I niched under that. But once I found the photos, I was like, oh, my God, I actually had that journey myself. So every subsequent book or program, it's been what do other people see in me that they want for themselves. That's been part of your journey and that you think other people would also benefit from. So that's, that's, exactly. that's the key, isn't it? And the books that we write are usually the books for our past selves. Yep. Yeah? Yep. Yep. So we're solving the problem for the person that was like five or six years ago trying that to work sense. out how to write That's a book. That's a sound psychology principle, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, let me, I know I will have some uh, literary writers listening sure. to this who yes. will ask yes. when they, you know, struggle for 18 months or three years to write their books. I know the question, and you must get this a lot, yes. is what about quality? Yeah. Surely you can just do a first quick draft on a weekend surely it's not published yeah. quality yeah yeah thank you and a lot of people ask me what writing courses have you done and all that kind of stuff and mm. I actually I, I say I haven't I just share from the heart and I share and I speak in a very conversational tone so I think the moment you can gain the ability to write as you speak it becomes really um, easy to understand and the simpler I think also I don't believe in big big words in books that confuse you and make you stuck because I'm Macedonian my first language is Macedonian of course I think in English and everything now so I didn't want to create books and uh, when people hire me as well they don't want to create books that are going to be confusing I say keep it simple stupid if people actually understand you uh, and your expertise which generally would be quite complicated then they're going to be a lot, like, a lot more likely to say yes to you and move on to the next step. So um, the other thing is don't be too precious on your material, okay? Because sometimes all you're doing is moving around deck chairs. <laughs> and certainly <laughs> our books go through, you know, two or three editing rounds and all that sort of stuff. But at least the majority of the work, when it gets spoken out, of course, that's how we do it as quickly. We actually have a professional transcriptionist who's also an editor. So he actually paragraphs and makes things to then go through the author a lot easier than just like a blob of text that you lost, lose yourself. Mm -hmm. um, he won't like leave any ums and ahs and things like that, idiosyncrasies from your speech. Then when the author gets it, they go through it again. Then the editor goes through So there is 
most likely about five or six rounds and sometimes more. I mean, there's no limitation. That's, that's not all done on the weekend. No, no. no. <laughs> so it's the execution of the content. Um, then the transcriptionist obviously types it up. So I would say there's about 10 or 12 hours pre-work and about 15 hours post-work uh, after the weekend in the clean-up process of the transcript before it goes to editing. Okay, so you, you've had quite a few clients now go through this mm. weekend program. Yeah. Do you want to tell me a couple of case studies uh, mm. of, of some really successful clients? Yeah, I'm just trying to pick in my head. I mean, there's ones that I always share and, you know, the, you know, you kind of get your, the ones that you get your language around and you, you can tell their story so easily. Um, I go back, I, I go back right from the beginning because I feel the authors that did this first up, now they've been had a good go with being an author and what they've been able to put into action and then we can see the true outcomes and how much they've grown and succeeded. So I've got a girl, uh, Despina, who was um, part of this journey on retreat number one and she wrote a book called Adventures of a Balloon Girl. And that, that book, interesting. well, it sounds like it's not a business book, but it is because she used to work for Global Ballooning, which is a hot air balloon company in Melbourne. And she wrote uh, about her 10-year journey on helping build that business. And she had a huge network in tourism and adventure-type sport businesses. Therefore, she niched as a business mentor to those businesses. And she was able to quit her job six months after she wrote the book, after two years of struggling as a life coach as well. Um, She had a very generic brand called Institute of Excellence that she then rebranded to Your Tourism Excellence. Mm -hmm. And then um, she now even sub-niched within social media for those particular businesses. Mm -hmm. So she's got a city offer. She quit her job. She's a mom of three like me, very little, little children. And it's just absolutely just like... Like me, as you you observe me on social media, so I observe her as well, and she just goes and does crazy things. Some of our authors don't actually, um, we get a small percentage of these, I'd probably say 5 to 10%, that don't have a goal to build a business. They just want right. to tell their story. So the types of books we deal with is certainly the expertise how-to type of books. Yes. Um, then the ones autobiographical sort of tell yeah. your story. So we had an author who... I think did a retreat number three and she was uh, a mom of a special needs child she still is she's in government um i think counselor and all that sort of stuff what this process did for her was actually um made her leave the daughter for the very first time to go on a weekend to do something wow. in her life and this opened up a whole world of possibilities so personal transformation in terms of uh, she then went to America and did a few other things. She was okay with taking some time for herself. And she goes, you guys don't know how you've changed my life. It wasn't almost so much about the book, but all these other things I've been able to do. Now, two years later, she's actually building a business um, and still doing her government kind of stuff. And she's been attending a couple of my hot seat days in my house to continue to develop the ideas. And she's gotten a gig on the radio. She's got a, re- a regular weekly show like yourself she interviews uh various authors on the actual community radio in our area um those kind of things some of the authors are super successful and actually don't um don't necessarily need to boost their business through the book but they want that as a compliment so if there's speakers on stage they want to be able to have a book to compliment their speaking and just to give to their clients and they're just time poor so they want to come wham bam (laughs) get it done and um and keep moving on yep so um in terms of speakers who 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 write books yes um and and you're talking now about uh uh, 
what is it, business card on steroids? Yes. Is that what we said? <laughs> that's what we said. And that, that's quite true. So would you say that everybody has a book in them? Oh, once you get going, I think, and you would probably agree, is like content is never ending and your experiences and into the areas that you can explore deeper, like every chapter then becomes a book because you go deeper and more you evolve. That's why I've written a book every year. Uh, my bums and seats was my seventh one. Couple right. were contributors, but uh, contributor books, but the other ones were whole or um, co-authored. And I just feel like there's just so much depth I need to deliver to people if you if they want to role model or duplicate what I have done. So then when you sit back and you decipher it and you unpack it, you go, oh my god, there's just so much. Just I think the initial stages of when people start uh, get I get worried I'm gonna end up running out of things to say, which is, was my first worry with book number one. I I think I literally emptied my head. Um, you know, <laughs> that's a worry. <laughs> and, there were, and there was just nothing I I, I think I could um, say anymore. But through talking and externalizing, I think it helps develop your content and you find little insights yourself around what you do. So your your forty eight hour the uh, ultimate author yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> is the author of a non fiction book you're, yes you're, it's so you don't do these for, no fiction, for fiction no children's no right because we, they take a little bit more yeah so. a bit more of a creative process and I just because I I don't feel good teaching something to others that I've never done myself I've gone that through the process sense. and yeah. um, if I had created something or have I understood at least to have been through it once um, and I seriously don't I, immediately I say to people you're not a fit because we do qualify people into our retreats um, just the other oh. day I had a lady who was an artist and she wanted to write a how-to book but it had more of an artistic spin and then she didn't need as much marketing um, advice and all that because she had been around for a long time and I said well look I don't think you'll get the value out of what this program's investment is if you're going to do it, I think I should just connect you to BusyBird. Go and get a quote from them just on the publishing alone because you're looking for a coffee table, colour type of book, all of these sort of special requirements more on the book project rather than, say, using it and how I can help you sell with your sales marketing and leverage with it. Mm-hmm. And I just said, and I connected, she was very grateful. I said, mm-hmm. there's no point. I said, So really, I mean, the core of your business is sales and marketing, isn't it? Yes, because I said, so what's the benefit that you see working with us? Because one, yes, you'll publish your book, but what's the other benefits? Because I want you to tell me, because if you can't tell me, because I know when people say that, why I want to work with you, it's because you give me all these years of support around how I'm going to expand my brand, how I'm going to create my products from this, how I'm going to market myself, how, you know what I mean, how I'm going to get known. I have a little catch line um, on my personal branding says I make you famous, right? And so, um, so I said if if people can't see those benefits behind the other five or seven high end programs that are embedded under the Ultimate Forty Eight Hour Author, like how to get free publicity, we teach that how to write your press release, get into the media, yeah. um, the social media stuff, the the video marketing, oh, every every big component that you think about that goes under that big marketing sales umbrella um, is under, underneath there. So the process of the book, I say, is 30% of my course and 70% is what you do with it. It's the marketing. Yes. Well, of course, that's right. I mean, I think that's something that authors need to get their head around is that you can't just 
write the book and sit and wait for people to buy it because it doesn't work like that, does it? It, it doesn't, no. no, no. And, and that, that's the same in uh, fiction. It's a very... Um, it's a very competitive market, so mm. you also have to have an edge and you also have to know how to promote it or find someone who will. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. that's really yeah. important. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering about the books that you've written. You've written seven. Yes. Um, can you see that each book you write is a bit better than yeah, the last one? Can totally. you see that development? Yes, absolutely. I look at the weight loss book, and I haven't changed any of them, to tell you the truth. I have no time. I, I like actually, um, I said to people, don't focus on perfectionism, focus on progress. Keep moving, keep getting things out Ship there. it out. Ship, Ship it, it out. out, that's right. And actually, <laughs> I do have small errors in my books, and I leave them there by um, on purpose because yeah. if I can be a seven-figure business owner and have that in my books and in some of my material, then anyone can. I don't want to create this big gap between my mm. standard and where people are at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I learned this. So do you? So do you? Would you say that does it not put you off when you read a book with errors in it? No, I think I think that I leave them especially for the anal people. <laughs> and I actually said to my people, my authors, I say, I said, it, you're not getting the point. If someone's getting stuck on your little error, whatever. Uh, they're not getting the bigger picture of what you're an expert in, you know. The content's and, more important. Yeah, that's what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. And I think, um, and a lot of the time, what you will find, and this is unfortunate with books, that I don't know if you know what the percentage is of how many people actually get past the first chapter from when they purchase a book. I think something like less than one percent of people get past reading the first chapter. Well, that, that that's an interesting statistic. I'm not sure about that, but but I do know that. Um, I won't give a book more than two chapters if if, I, if it doesn't engaged. grab me. Yeah, that's mm. it. There's too many good books out there. To yeah, read. yeah. So tell me, so tell me, um, just quickly, um, what um, where about whereabouts your books are? Are they all e-books or are they they're, no, they're they're all print physical books? Yeah, and um, very shops. They have to be printed because yes. I think you have to have the thud value. I said when you drop an actual book, yes. I, I hate when sometimes people go, "But can't I just do an e-book?" I said no, because I said you, you're missing the point. I said the biggest way you're going to get famous first is offline, and offline you want to show people stuff. You want to put a little display. You want to have your products there. Even if you have a manual of something that you've written that's a system, print it off, put a cover on it, go and take it. And when you're networking, put it up and show people what and it is. And, of course, when you're speaking, you've, you've got to have the physical books exactly. to sell. Um, Definitely so getting they... an e-book conversion. Uh, yep. Books are, get uploaded on Kindle, so they're up on Amazon. You've got them on Amazon, yeah. Yeah. Authors choose whether or not they want to get their books in um, bookstores. Therefore, they would be introduced with a distributor and a few of our authors are already in bookstores. Me personally, I couldn't get less. For me, all my books are already doing well through my social media, through my website, through out and about speaking. You sell them through your website? Yeah, 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 yeah. The physical um, ones? Yes, yes. Actually, more the physical ones than the ebooks. <laughs> but do you have a, distrib- uh, a fulfillment agency? I now or is have it print my. Print on demand? Well, I have Ingram's Park. Ah, yes. Who, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So Okay, well, I think that, mm. um, my gosh, there's so much, so yeah. much to learn. I yes. think if people follow you on social media and especially if they're wanting to know a lot about marketing and yeah. and uh, getting their books out there, I think that's really good. Mm. And the concept of a 48-hour 
if you can get a lot done over a weekend well it sounds like a bit of fun to me yeah <laughs> I mean if your listeners want to get my full version of my book I actually am happy to give away the ebook for free um, so if they just go to ultimate48hourauthor.com.au forward slash gift they'll Wonderful. download the whole 160 pages of that book and they can, they'll can they read it in three hours uh, did you know this that Amazon tells you how long it, are you Kindle? Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> let me tell you this statistic which I've tested and, and has been proven now because we do spoken books I'd say 70% of our books are spoken because that's the system still some of our authors choose to type or they do come with you use with Audible a, for the spoken? no, no uh-huh. for the tra- real life transcriptionist the one right. that, yeah, professional. Uh, but did you know that spoken books can be read twice as fast than type books it's because of the conversational tone? So yes. this book, the author book, if it was typed, it would have taken them six hours. But normally people report back it took them two and a half to three hours to read. And it's saying 40,000 words. And of course, you know, if you're walking with your smartphone in your ears, it's mm. a perfect audible, audio books are fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'm yet to traveling. tackle that, that aspect of converting the books into audio as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. For me, it's like help people to get their first under their belt, then they get so confident. Yeah. And they, they, they know they can do it's more. fantastic. Mm. Look, um, you've just got so much to offer and so mm-hmm. much to say. And I know that you're, you're about to... I've just caught you between engagements, yes. between the plane and the I next know. engagement. I feel like a rock up. star. Someone's come to my hotel room and we're doing an interview and then I've got to dash off somewhere. I know. And then you've got a breakfast tomorrow morning, yes. which I'll be attending. And then my workshop. And then so the workshop. I literally have like 30 hours in camera and I'm doing three events and an interview and I'll be driving to Sydney after that. That's the pace you have to work at, folks. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe it's not fun. everybody. It's fun, but it's intense at periods and then there's intense periods of, nothing and yep. relaxing and family time and all that it just that's yeah. how I like it it's how do your family feel about what you do oh they they love it because they get to have time off three and a half to four months a year we've just come Wonderful. back from a month break I'm about to go to Europe after the August retreat for another month so we're going to have two months of over Christmas so sometimes yes they don't yes. see me for an extended period of this week is four days but I'll be home for Friday yeah. Saturday Sunday which means yeah. Well, most weekends for me are long weekends. They'll get used to it. Yeah. And you've got a very supportive partner, I assume. He is, yes. He <laughs> is, uh, in ch- he's the nurturer, so that's how we were able to do this because he still works in the business, his fair share of 30 to 40 hours. Uh, but Great. number one priority is for him to take care of the kids, do all the tr- school drop-offs, pickups, Fabulous. take me to the airport like today and Fantastic. do that as much as we can. We're yeah. a great team. That's wonderful, and it's great to hear that people can can be married and run and, and run a business together. Oh, totally! <laughs> we were always destined to be uh, on the same career path because we met at OPSM, and that's oh, then we right. both did spec savers. So our whole life, we followed the exact same. Um, Almost roles. And one, one quick question yeah. that occurred to me, Specsavers is very successful because of their very sophisticated systems. Mm. Is that what you learned from Specsavers? I believe Specsavers? both OPSM and Specsavers have learned uh, foundational things about business, uh, yes. events, customer service, as you said, systems, 
um, stepping away. And I used to bring in to my own stores that I managed my own little systems to make something a lot easier and faster. And I used to like get my work done and then be able to stand around for the next four hours. But not not just standing around, but actually we know the work's done. The system works really smoothly, meaning we're not chasing our tail till the end of the day. And that's how I used to run them tight ships. So when I went into my business, like often people go, how do you get all of this done? I go, I don't know, I'm just very efficient. But I have got that productivity happening that I learned back um, through the experience of them and then customer service, adding value, all the marketing, how they did it. And just obviously I've observed and and learned so much and I'm grateful for that because otherwise uh, if I didn't have the foundation of those, say, 12 years, uh, perhaps would have been a different story just doing it completely from scratch (laughs) okay and how do you think uh, you'd like to be remembered if you you know once you if if you move on later on Mm. um as an author or is it a marketing guru i would say branding expert who made people other business owners famous and known in their niche that sounds wonderful and that's probably a good place to Step Thank off. you. And if I can catch up with you another time, I will. Awesome. And we'll do a second interview. Sounds Thanks good. Thanks very much. Thanks, Suzanne. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from www.aussiewriters.com.au. And if you are a reader or a writer, then hop on over to our website and subscribe. Subscribe.